0: You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for spending this time with me, whether you're walking your dog or exercising or cleaning your house or whatever you may be doing. Happy Monday. I'm glad that you're here. Um, and I'm thrilled to share the work of my guest with you today. Her name is Adrian Nolan-Smith. She is a board-certified patient advocate, speaker, health researcher, and founder of WellBe. And Welby is dedicated to helping people become empowered in their health, both in the day-to-day or when they're faced with a chronic health issue. At the end of the day, her work is rooted in helping clients figure out the cause of illnesses so that the body can heal naturally. And I think no matter your age, you have to at some point navigate the healthcare system in this country or if you're listening from Europe. And so to understand that you are, in fact, the CEO of your body and your health, that you have the power to make executive decisions regarding the care that you're going to receive. I think that that's really crucial information. And so many people go to the doctor. They don't push back. They don't ask questions. They don't question the doctor because we're all trained to see them as the experts, which they are. But at the same time, there's a lot of experts out there. And so when you realize that you have the power to say yes or no to a certain doctor or a certain form of treatment and do your own research, you know, the onus is really on us to protect ourselves, to make sure that we're getting the best care, that we're doing the right thing by our bodies or our loved ones' bodies. I think that that's really important. And as someone who is surrounded by, you know, people, friends, family who work in healthcare. I'm not anti-healthcare. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying do your homework. I'm saying be an advocate for yourself, for your children, for your parents, for your loved ones, for your friends. And and in the end at the end of the day, you can you can look at any form of treatment or any medications that you may be taking and be fully behind it and be fully supporting that because you did the work, you did the research, and know that that's the best path for you. So I love talking to Adrian. I think you're going to get so much out of this episode. I think this is going to boost your confidence when you go into that waiting room, when you go into that doctor's office, so that you are fully in control of of your life, of your body, of your health, of all of it, and it all is connected. Um, So if you love this episode, please share it with at least one friend. Please leave us a review, tag us on Instagram at motherhoodunstressed um, so I can share it back out and uh, and share your thoughts on this. Hi guys, I want to talk to you about a vitamin company that I'm absolutely obsessed with right now. It's called High Vitamins and it was actually created by two dads who wanted to bring a better vitamin for their kids to market because honestly, with the vitamins that are out there right now, they are filled with sugar, they're filled with fillers, they're filled with junk that make the vitamins taste good, but then there's nothing really beneficial from them. And the boys love the vitamins. They get excited every morning when I give it to them. And I just can feel good about it because high Vitamins are filled with 12, count them 12, Farm fresh fruits and vegetables. They're supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals known to help support a healthy immune system, energy levels, brain function, new teeth, bones, and more. And as we head into this next school year, I don't want my kids crashing out because of sugar, which, you know, probably will happen, but I don't want it happening from their vitamin. So if you're interested in trying them out, we've worked out an exclusive offer with Hyatt Health for their best selling children's vitamin. This is just for Motherhood and Stress podcast listeners, and you receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to highhealth.com forward slash unstressed or enter the code unstressed at checkout. That's h-i-y-a-h-e-a-l-t-h.com slash unstressed to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Full discount is applied at checkout. Hello, Adrienne. Welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're here. Um, I'm just truly uh, amazed by the work that you're doing. And I always, am, and I don't know, it's just, it's exciting to see people who are
1: out in the world empowering others, removing them from a victim mentality. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Um Wow! Yeah, given that introduction, I'm so thrilled to be here. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, take our audience through your background a little bit. You know, how did you get started? How did you move into this space where you are um, really being an advocate for people in the healthcare system?
1: Absolutely. So, um, as as I'm sure, it's you know part of what you do relates to your personal journey as well. Um, so I think that's the case for a lot of us. Um, I came to this space and this mission really based on personal experiences. Um, for my own health and as a caretaker uh, for when my mom became sick. Um, but it, it started over two decades ago with um, a diagnosis of Lyme disease. Um, I'm, I know they have Lyme disease all over the continental U.S. at this point, So, um, but, but back then it was really a disease of New England, New York, that kind of area where I grew up. And uh, my brother had been diagnosed and he was much sicker than I was, but the doctors looked at me and thought, we can't figure out what's wrong with her. Let's test her too. And sure enough, I had it as well. Um, we did conventional treatment. We did, you know, antibiotics. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was doxycycline at the time. Um, a couple months of it, I think. Um, but as my mom had read and suspected, after a certain point, when you have Lyme, you're not antibiotics is is not as effective as when you catch it uh, early. You know, when it's just in that incubation period. Um, And it's because Lyme is a very tricky bacteria, or it's actually a spirochete, which is a spiral-shaped bacteria. So it goes in all places in your body um, where it's very hard for the antibiotics to reach. So we did it. It didn't work for either of us, and we still had Lyme symptoms. And it started my family on this crazy journey of, um, I shouldn't say crazy because it drives me crazy that that term is so associated with um, natural medicine, to be honest, um, woo-woo, crazy, you know, out there, quacky, whatever, because that's actually what got me better. But we started doing a lot of different natural therapies from, you know, hyperbaric uh, oxygen, Chinese herbs, um, a lot of different supplements, even energy healing, all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, some of which took me to random places in the U.S. for a couple of weeks, you know, at a time uh, with my Mom and brother in like a motel, which was not fun as like a twelve year old. but <laughs> two years after uh, my diagnosis, I was my line was in remission, my symptoms had dissipated. Um, I think I'll always sort of have some short-term memory stuff. like I still find it hard to look at a piece of paper with a number, look away, and then know the number, um, which is one of the things I was experiencing uh, when I was first diagnosed with Lyme. Um, but, but largely, um, you know, I, I stopped having any sort of, uh, symptoms after two years and fast forward. So I had great health, uh, throughout high school and fast forward to going to college. I went to college in, uh, in Baltimore at Johns Hopkins. And once I arrived about six months later, I lost my period and my period had been, or my menstrual cycle had been regular since I was 12 when I first got it. And, um, Once it disappeared, you know, after about six months of not having it, I began to get pretty worried because it hadn't done that before. And I knew, you know, or I thought it was very related to a problem within my body and fertility and things like that. So I started to see all these doctors, um, you know, conventional doctors, because to me, the Lyme experience was like an isolated incident. That wasn't like how I was going to live my life necessarily. I mean, I changed how I ate quite a bit, uh, because of that. At, at least I did at home. Um, you know, basically I was forced to eat a lot of really healthy food based on what my mom had learned from treating us. Um, but once I got to college, i all kind of went by the wayside and I was eating at the cafeteria three days, you know, three meals a day, seven days a week and whatever I wanted. And, um, and, So I started to see doctors at Johns Hopkins, endocrinologists, gynecologists. I even came back to New York City where I grew up and went to some kind of really notable doctors here to figure it out. And every single one of them just said, you know, nothing is wrong with you as far as we can see. Just take this birth control prescription and uh, be on your way. It'll get your period back. And I had learned enough from my Lyme experience to know that you have to come with your own research. So I had done a lot of research myself, and I told them, "Look, the birth control pill is a band aid. It's going. It's not an, It's not a solution. Um, there's a lot of side effects, and also it's going to cover up the problem that I have. That's making this period disappear. And then maybe this problem is going to get much worse, and I won't really know because I'm going to have this fake period mm-hmm. that the birth control uh, in." you know, induces. And I don't want that. I wanted to, I want to solve the problem. I want to deal with it. I want to know what's wrong. So they all kind of were like, well, we can't help you. Like, we have no idea. Um, So there was like not even an iota of interest in (laughs) figuring out the real issue. So my dad found me a naturopath in New York to work with. Um, and I came back from college my, uh, summer before my junior year and worked with this woman. She looked at my blood work so differently. Um, she really went over it for an hour with me. No, no doctor had ever done that. You know, it was like your, your levels are normal or, but like it never explained all the different pieces.
0: This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked, the leading provider of at-home health tests. Are you looking to improve your hormone levels? With Let's Get Checked, you can do a simple at-home health test that will give you a complete picture of your hormonal health in just five days. Female hormone function is an important part of our health, and some of the main symptoms of thyroid imbalance, which is so common for so many women, includes weight gain, fatigue, or feeling tired all the time, mood changes, skin rashes, and headaches. So how does the process work? Well, your test is delivered straight to your door. You just have to self-collect your blood sample from the tip of your finger. You mail the sample back to their accredited lab with the prepaid label, and you receive support and guidance from the Let's Get Check medical team. And they're available 24-7 to offer you the personalized advice that you need to know your hormonal health. And this week, Let's Get Checked wants to invite you to join their community with the 30% discount code UNSTRESS30. That's something that's really good to know. So just go to letsgetchecked.com and use my code UNSTRESS30 and find out what is going on with your body so that you can make the best decision for your health.
1: And she showed me all these interesting things that I had just kind of attributed as to other things like very, being very random. Um, she showed me how they were really all connected. And how it had a lot it, it had to do with thyroid and hormones and my gut and having traveled abroad and lived in China when I was in high school and taken a bunch of cipro and you know antibiotics there because of china belly, which you know basically just means you get uh sick a lot uh, when you're in China or a lot of us did, and how all these th- and then my poor diet at college for six months after you know, many years of eating very, very clean food um, at home and how all these things together kind of created this environment in which my body was thinking it couldn't conceive a child. It wasn't wow. healthy enough for that. So, you know, that's what that's what loss of period or amenorrhea is the technical term really is, is your body saying, okay, this is not a safe environment to bring uh, an infant. Mm-hmm. Um, things just like aren't quite right in here. So we're just going to pause this period, basically meaning you can't get pregnant. Um, so that now I know some people can get pregnant without having a period, it's possible, but largely those two things are correlated. Um, and it was very fascinating to me that my body was actually so brilliant as to say, like, we're going to stop you know, doing that because we want you to, heal before, you know, we would try to have a baby. Um, so I worked with this woman for six months really on with just herbs, supplements for some micronutrient deficiencies. And, um, really the herbs were for my gut. Uh, and then also changing my diet, not radically, but changing my diet. And, um, six months later, four of those months, by the way, were back in China. I studied abroad because I was a Chinese concentration um, in college. So I went back to China during that time. So, you know, even with all of that, I still, six months later, uh, she said, do this religiously. I did. It will come back in six months, six months and a day later, it came back. Um, And it's been, you know, every 30 days uh, since then, that was um, like 13 years ago. So. Wow. Um, it was my sort of like episode number two of what Mm -hmm. got me really interested in this space because I thought, okay, two different occasions in my life. I've had a health issue. I've tried to go the conventional route. I've gone to the best doctors. And then it's this woman who other, you know, looks kind of funky, you know, she's got (laughs) a long ponytail, she's got like incense in her office and this and that, who blows me away with her knowledge about my blood and all the different things that could be the root causes and uses all these natural things with no side effects and no other issues to help my body heal itself. And I thought that was pretty remarkable. And so um, I still didn't want to work in this space. It never occurred to me to do that. But shortly after my period came back, um, my mother was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder following a big like manic, not like manic, a big manic episode um, on the street in which it's a long story, but my brothers and I had to chase her through the subway and um, basically put her in a human straitjacket and call the police and have her taken away Mm -hmm. um, in the middle of the night. It was a terrible experience. um, But what followed was actually worse. Uh, She was in these different mental health care, you know, facilities, which are really like jails to me.
0: Mm
1: honest, some of the nicer ones, you know, feel a little better, but uh, most of them feel pretty, pretty bad Um, for three years off and on and and heavily medicated on, you know, lithium and Risperdal, like antipsychotic, you know, really powerful things that make you tremor and drool and Mm. can't sleep and gain weight and all this crazy stuff. And um, I mean, she seemed worse on the drugs than she, than she seemed when she was manic Mm-hmm. Um, so we basically traded a pr- one problem for another, uh, and, um, each drug had side effects and each, you know, so then we were adding you know more drugs or they added more drugs for each side effect. It was really a nightmare. So, um, after about three years of being... Like she didn't see an end in sight because Mm -hmm. she felt like she had to stay on these meds forever because she did try to go off them a few times and have some relapses. Um, So we were scared. We,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: I had no idea about the mental health care system. I'd never interacted with it before. Uh, We didn't know what would happen if she was totally off. Nobody gave us any other solutions besides more meds, you know, tinkering the doses. That was really the only Mm -hmm.
0: uh,
1: thing going on. She took her life when I was 25, um, after about three years of it. And, um, it was, you know, a horrible shock. Uh, it was right before Christmas and, um, my applications for business school because I was applying to business school were actually due two weeks later mm-hmm. um and so I've been working for over a year taking the tests getting the recommendations writing the essays like a whole thing visiting the schools doing the interviews um and I basically didn't think I was going to be able to send in any of the applications because I was just like you know not sleeping, not eating, like just total shock, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So my friends sort of gathered and said, I think we can make this happen. Um, Let's, you know, we're really close. Like these couple of them stayed up till three in the morning with me one night, just like trying to get something done. Um, I just got a few out the door. uh, And I said, if I do get in, I will dedicate the rest of my career and my life to this totally messed up Healthcare system, wow. which I think her death was looking back on it really avoidable had she had anybody who thought more holistically about her health in charge. Um, now I've had the pleasure through my work with Welby to interview, you know, a number of different integrative psychiatrists who don't medicate at all, like Dr. Wow. Kelly Brogan um, and even some of the other ones really use um, testing and these other therapies to try to get the physical body right. And my mom had loads of other health issues. She had, you know, viruses and parasites and like terrible gut health. Um, She had weight issues. She had depression. She had childhood traumas. She had Mm -hmm. chronic fatigue. I mean, she had all these things, kind of thyroid issues, like all together. And so nobody looked under the surface, you know, and those things go untreated for long enough a manifest, um, in or they continue to kind of build, it's like a bucket and until the bucket spills over. Um, and my parents had divorced and I think the bucket spilled over mm-hmm. with that trauma because the stress of it, uh, sort of, um, is I, we think what, what brought it on. And so had anybody really tried to heal her gut Um, Really tried to work on those childhood traumas and pull them out and process them. Um, Had anybody tried to, you know, get her on some sort of thyroid hormone so that she could not feel so low, Um, Mm -hmm. all those things, I think she would have been in a very different place today. Um, And hopefully, even been able to, you know, wean off um, those medications and stuff the way that I've seen. Uh, certain psychiatrists that I've now interviewed do with their patients. So, um, I did get into business school. I went to Northwestern University oh. in Chicago. So I moved to Chicago six months after she died. Great and school. Thank you. I loved it. I love Chicago. Um, I was I'm from New York, so I thought New York was the greatest city in the world. But I have I went to Chicago and loved it too. So. <laughs> Um, It has a special place in my heart. And I also met my husband there. So that was, that was great. But yeah, I got there and basically started to talk to anybody who would talk to me about uh, integrative health, integrative medicine, wellness, holistic health, like all the terms that you hear. And very few people were talking about it, especially in Chicago. And there were practitioners for sure, you know, they're acupuncturists, chiropractors, things like that. Um, but there were nobody really starting businesses in it. And it was also just when Instagram was kind of ah. just before it started. So nobody, there was no conversation happening mm-hmm. the way that there is today. I couldn't reach out to people. I couldn't see that there was lots of, there was a community of people talking about this. Um, so I just kind of, I got pushed into like the health tech space at school because they didn't know what to do with me. There was no, <laughs> no space for me, no category for what I was talking about. Um, so I sort of built a version of my now company called Welby when I was there in a class um, with some engineers. And um, it was a community for people seeking non-surgical, non-pharmaceutical health solutions. Wow. Um, but I, I graduated, shelved it and said, you know, I'm not ready to be a sole founder right now. Like this is, that's like having a child. Like it's really intense. And I also haven't worked in the healthcare system. I know the patient side. I know the caretaker side. I don't know the administrator side. I don't know what it's like. I I think I can see all the problems, but I really don't know them the way that I would know them if I worked in it. So I worked for a patient engagement software company. And I worked with hospitals for three years. Mm -hmm. So I was in a hospital like every week, I would say, um, in meeting with clients. And the irony is largely focused on chronic disease management programs. Wow. So I really got to see close up, like how the conventional healthcare system deals with chronic health issues. And it it was just as bad as I thought, Um, if not worse. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also got to see how unhealthy all the people trying to solve the problems were. Mm. So I was kind of like, if you can't take care of yourself, why do you think you can solve these other problems for other people? Like I I don't see it. Um, So... I graduated, or sorry, I left that job um, exactly three years ago to found, refound WellBe, as it (laughs) is today, um, and decided that I knew a lot of people who had the means and the education to make better decisions with their health, but were still making terrible decisions with their health. So to me, it wasn't just an access problem. Um, It was a full cultural awareness mm-hmm. problem. Um and just a lack of knowledge, lack of information. Right. And it's almost like a lack of interest too, or so I thought, um, in really like taking care of themselves was kind of like this, oh, it'll be someone else's problem. Mm-hmm. You know? Um so I saw, thought it was also important to show the dangers within the healthcare system and with within taking um, pharmaceutical drugs and things like that, which is why I share my mom's story too to show and talk about, you know, things like medical error and antibiotic resistant superbugs and things that basically show it's not a great idea to have to go into the system at all. Like, uh, you know, the the more we can avoid it, the healthier you will likely be, (laughs) Um, not, you know, for an annual physical, and I, I definitely believe in getting routine testing and things like that, but... You know, routine procedures go wrong. You know, drugs have lots of side effects. There's, you know, just avoid. You know, just kind of not doing anything for your health, and then relying on that can often yield an outcome you didn't necessarily want. Um, And so, it's really about making. You know, I say that the 100 choices a day are really your healthcare. So, starting there, and then when you need to access any sort of healthcare, to make sure you're working with a provider who really looks at your whole body and treats you holistically and cares about the root cause. Um, so those are my two real pillars of my message. Um, and I started with interviewing people telling stories of health recovery through integrative medicine, um, which is my favorite thing that I do. Um, and these stories are, you can't even believe them when you're when you're listening to them, um but they're, they're incredible. Um, and, and also started to interview a lot of experts within the integrative and functional medicine space. So a lot of you know functional MDs and things like that, um, as well as really share the research that I was seeing coming out of places like Johns Hopkins and Northwestern showing... I just read a research paper last night about how two botanical herbs are showing more effectiveness in patients with chronic Lyme disease than... Wow a common antibiotic which is doxycycline and I I was just reading it thinking this is the conventional healthcare system doing this research it's pretty cool and also like why aren't people more why is this not getting out there to the point of I mean there needed to be more studies it was a small study but it was enough to show me that we're going in the right direction as far as bringing these you know woo-woo things like herbs and uh other kinds of natural therapies into you know some more clinical research spaces um there's still a lot of work to be done there (laughs) because most of the research is of course still on pharmaceuticals right Um, because Because that's where the funding is right exactly a hundred percent um so um i will be started as just a, a content you know media thing um I, I'm active on social media as well, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I have a weekly newsletter and um, has now gotten into kind of people um, told me they really needed help making a lot of the changes that my experts talked about, that the research covered, um, that our investigative guides got into. So we also have the Spark Health Program, which is just finishing now. Um, it's a week away from being over and really takes people through uh, you know the eight pillars of what it takes to really prevent and avoid any chronic health issues and live your healthiest life. And really with research backed information and a whole bunch of vetted products and things like that to make it easier for people to make the changes. The idea is just that you can make the changes within the eight weeks and be done with it. So it's been pretty awesome to see the first class actually make all these changes. Very exciting. And and then, but in a few in a few weeks, I'll be able to get back to, to making more content and you know helping people in other ways. One other thing I forgot to mention is I became a board certified patient advocate in the process. Um, in about actually two years ago, the spring of twenty eighteen, I took the board exam, and I did so because I learned so much about the healthcare system when I worked in it. Mm-hmm. So I had all this knowledge about Medicare and Medicaid billing and. Insurance claims and just a lot of stuff that I thought I would forget, um, and I knew I wouldn't really be using, or I thought I wouldn't be using, with my you know work with Welby. So I took the exam, got certified, and then uh, now am licensed to actually work consult with people who are trying to navigate or figure out a chronic health issue um, and get to, you know, my use case is a little different from most advocates, but mine is to get people to, you know, holistic, functional, integrative doctors who are going to be able to figure out, figure out the root causes, um, not just, throw more prescriptions at them or surgeries or whatever, but really understand, like, why is your body having this symptom? Like, let's figure out what's going on. Uh, Have
0: you been welcomed into the healthcare system as an advocate and the doctors know that you're kind of trying to wean people off of, of their dynamic, what they've been used to doing?
1: Um, so what I'm doing mostly now is just having, I have phone calls, consults with people to understand what's been going on, what doctors have already told them, what they've already tried, and then and then they basically tell me what they want to do next, you know, what they're interested in. Um, and most of them are, at that point, pretty fed up and ready to go to a more holistic type of doctor. And so I just need to understand the right one to get them to. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes there's several options. So it's really about using my understanding of what they've already been going through and putting together the clues of all their different symptoms and things like that to understand, okay, this is really a gut problem, even though it's manifesting as a mental health issue or this is really, you know, you have asthma, but I can tell this is really related to food allergies or things Mm -hmm. like that. And try to get them to somebody that I know is really knowledgeable about that or whether it's Lyme or these other things. Um, So that's kind of how, and then- you know there's usually a process with getting them to that person cuz some of them don't have availability or their waitlist is long or their pricing's correct you know just very high or something yeah. like that so i it's not usually like the first try is the winner like I, you know you got to keep going a bit then they get a plan from the doctor and it's a lot to implement, you know, because if they hadn't been living this way, then it's a big change. So there's also a sense of like, all right, well, we're, I'm still here for you once you get the plan yeah. um, to try to figure out how you can put it into practice. And also go back to help you go back to the doctor with the questions that you really haven't figured out to, to implement it properly. Because a lot of people have a couple of questions they never feel like they get a chance to ask them, mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: and then they don't implement anything.
0: If you're like me and you adore a calming glass of wine at the end of the day with dinner, then I'm really excited to tell you about this new company that's sponsoring the show called Usual Wines. Now, it's not just because they don't add sugar, which they don't. It's not just because the wine tastes fantastic, which it does. My favorite thing about this company has to be that they package it in these 6.3-ounce individualized Bottles per box. What that means, ladies and gentlemen, is that there's no more wasting beautiful bottles of wine because you didn't drink the whole bottle in one sitting. You literally open a bottle, pour it in, and you're good to go. And if you want one, open another one, but you're not putting a cork in a larger bottle of wine and then the next day it doesn't taste as good because I can't tell you how many times that's happened and how soul crushing that is because you want to have you know, the same taste the next day and it's just not there. So Usual Wines has completely hacked that. I think it's brilliant what they're doing. And the wine, again, is no added sugar. They harvest it at just the right time. A lot of wine companies harvest it too early. So there's all this added sugar involved. They don't do that. And it's straight out of Sonoma County. So you know it's good. So be sure to go check out their website at www.usualwines.com and use my discount code unstressed for $8 off your first. First order,
1: right. um, because there's that one or two things they didn't know what to do with, so they leave the whole plan sitting on a desk and don't really do much. So um, I'm really, I really care about, even though I'm that sounds like more of a health coach, but I'm really, I care about that end bit so that they actually are on the journey to to getting right. better, not just like, okay, I got you to the doctor. See yeah yeah you know, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, out of all the pillars that you that you talk about, which one do you think is the most important? If there was one that really stood out to you,
1: but I think they're equally important. Unfortunately, um, the two are just that. You know, you have to treat every single choice that you make as healthcare every day. Um, you can't blind. You know, it sort of mindlessly go through life eating whatever tastes good. Not really moving if you don't feel like it mm-hmm. um, not paying attention to how much water you're drinking or what kind of water you're drinking, what kind of products you're using on your face like that that will not work in today's you know society because it's it's a pretty hairy food system, a pretty hairy personal care system, pretty hairy environmentally out there mm-hmm. um, so if you kind of don't pay attention, it's likely you will have a chronic disease or several as we've seen from all of you know from americans today you know there's like 60 or 80, almost 70 percent of americans have a chronic disease of some kind and yeah. i think about 40 percent have two um i might be off a little bit on the numbers but i'm pretty sure that's the latest that i saw and it's just continuing to grow that's incredible um,
0: that's that's Unreal, and then you add in like an aging population and an obese population, and I'm sure it's just multiplied.
1: Oh yeah, the obesity problem is just headed towards the sky. Um, we had three years of life expectancy age decline in the U S. for the first time since I think like the 50s or 40s, mm-hmm. like after the war, um, and that's just like a really depressing sign because it shows that we're actually a sicker generation than. Generations before, um, which didn't have access to all the things that we do, and it's really our food and our environment um, that's causing these issues, um, and also the way that we treat healthcare. You know, we right. or re- way that we use healthcare to treat people. So yeah, the the pillar of taking, you know, being the CEO of your body and, and nourishing it every day the way that you would water a plant, um, so that it doesn't become a chronic health issue or several is my main pillar that I talk about. And then the second one that's equally important is when you do have some issue, because today, as I said, there's a very polluted world that we live in, a very stressful world that we live in. Most of us do have at least one chronic health issue, you know, even if it's minor, if not several. Um, And when I say that, it could be anything from post-nasal drip, right? That's Mm -hmm. that's a sign of inflammation. Um, Chronic sinus infections, migraines, a thyroid issue, gut trouble, you know, some sort of, you know, you you regularly bloat or have... I feel like
0: that's one, if we could just talk about that, that's one I hear about almost all the time. And it's usually people in their 20s or 30s that are complaining of, you know, bloating and and not feeling right in their gut. And they're not really sure why. And they're not going to the doctor either because they're still young and they can function. So talk to us about that. What can you do to optimize your gut health, you know, for anyone struggling, which is a lot of people out there?
1: Yeah, so it's very... There's so many factors that go into good gut health that you have to do a bit of investigative work as to why you're having bloat or why you have constipation or something like that. Um, Even things like whether or not you were breastfed or... Delivered vaginally, things like that. Those things populate your gut with good bacteria that you need to fight off or to, to balance um, and make sure that bad bacteria doesn't take over uh, and get in control. So that's really interesting. Um, the other thing that's important is a lot of you know over-the-counter medicines, for example, they can um, loosen the gut lining. So mm-hmm. things like popping, you know, I think like. Uh, Advil or Mydol or whatever, um, these things can be problematic. Um, Unclean water. So I don't mean unclean, like third world unclean where it's going to give you diarrhea, but there's a lot of different heavy metals and other chemicals in our water, um, as well as um, because we haven't really updated our water treatment plants um, since the onslaught of pharmaceutical use, a lot of us are drinking hormones from that, which is crazy because so many women take the birth control pill and then pee it out. um, And lots of other drugs as well. So if you drink tap water, you're likely consuming these other things as well. Um, And so that is really harmful to the gut. So those are all important things. Um, Not eating enough fermented foods, um, because fermented foods really repopulate the gut with good bacteria. So that's another important one. Um, and just not having a diverse enough diet to begin with, because diversity of color and diversity of type of foods means diversity of good bacteria as well that will then populate the gut. So um, a lot of a lot of Americans have, you know, the standard American diet is totally lacking in different kinds of fish. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> and even, you know, let's say that you eat tomatoes. Well, really that should only be like one season a year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in addition to so many other plants, um, that are available at that time, but a lot of people go to the grocery store 12 months a year and buy tomatoes, you know, mm-hmm. that's like a major, uh, food group in the U S. So, um, and they're quite high in sugar actually. So, uh, it's a really interesting problem that we've created the supermarket where you can kind of have everything all the time because it used to be that we had to actually see what was growing, um, and, and eat all these different varieties. Um, we, I think there's, there's thousands of edible plants, you know, if not tens of thousands, uh, in the world and we're eating like so few of those, you know, it seems like dozens maybe. Um, so
0: what would you say to the listener who is who's a mom and the kids only like three things on the menu, and she's like, "Well, I don't feel good. I'm noticing my children are hyperactive, and you know, not just in the normal kid way. What can I do to to bring more health to my family? Because we are struggling."
1: Absolutely. So the first thing I would say is for animal products, um, really understanding not giving kids or yourself animal products both meat and dairy that you don't know what they ate. Mm. So if you cannot say pretty definitively because you're looking at the package or you've had, you know, extensive conversations in a restaurant that this was a grass-fed, pasture-raised, organic animal, then you're adding hormones, antibiotics, these other things and a lot of other genetically modified feed that these animals were eating into your diet. Um, So that goes for chicken, that goes for, I know kids love to order chicken figures on a menu, but if it's a factory farm chicken, that's not good for their gut. Mm -hmm. Um, And causes all, and genetically modified crops are, you know, also we're seeing like linked to some pretty severe food allergies. Um, Mm -hmm. Certainly the soy, the corn, peanuts, things like that. So um, it's not just eating those, GMOs yourself, but realizing that the animals were fed them as as well. So being very conscious about the animals and the animal products that you eat. Um, I'm certainly not a vegan or vegetarian, but I'm very conscious about trying not to have much dairy or meat if I don't know where it came from, um, and, and not have too much of it also, because I I think, right. right. So that's really important. Um, not rushing to give kids antibiotics all the time. Um,
0: I'm so glad you just said that.
1: It's a really big one. Um, a course of antibiotics can wipe out a kid's good gut bacteria for, I think it's like up to a year, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, just doing everything you can to make sure that that whatever it is that you think requires antibiotics is actually bacterial and not viral um, before getting getting that antibiotic. Because if it is uh, bacteria, uh, sorry, if it is viral, the antibiotics won't work anyway. And then you're just using something that causes great harm to the gut when you didn't need to. Um, and if it and if you do need to take antibiotics, make sure you're also. Taking a giving that child a probiotic at the same time and eating a lot of probiotic foods at the same time, you know, making sure that that um, child is eating a lot of, you know, pickled things. And um, what's really interesting is that a lot of people think, okay, they, they could eat yogurt um, and they're giving kids like yogurt with like sugar. Mm-hmm. Sugar is the worst thing you can do for your gut.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the worst. I needed so. this reminder. Dang
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> so the irony is that. Like you're canceling them out, right? Mm-hmm. If you're having sugar in the thing that you're eating to help your gut, it's like, well, what does make sense? Um, the same thing with gummy vitamins, you know, it doesn't make any sense because yeah. there's sugar in the in the gummies, and sugar causes so much inflammation that usually you're taking the multivitamin to quell inflammation. So it's like you're canceling them out, um, and of course, kids prefer gummy vitamins because it looks like candy, but. Vitamins or supplements come in you know liquid forms now, they come in powder forms now, mm-hmm. so you can always sprinkle that whatever into some juice or some uh some plain yogurt or something like that um that like a soup or whatever it doesn't I mean, you know they they won't tell right. um so you could definitely get that in without having to give a kid sugary gummy vitamins or sugary yogurt for a probiotic. Um, So hopefully all of those are helpful, you know, avoiding uh, the meat that's not pasture-raised, organic, grass-fed, and the dairy. Um, Not taking antibiotics unless you absolutely have to. Avoiding sugar. And then if you do have to take antibiotics, making sure you're doing a lot on the side to try to help repair the damage. Um, Those are all really important. And then I think also giving kids stress like stress management tools. I know that sounds ridiculous for a little kid. They shouldn't even have to think about that. But with the devices today and and just the, the anxiety that I think a lot of kids are experiencing today uh, from, you know, social media and bullying and all this stuff that they're mm-hmm. just exposed to, it's just this very fast-paced, culture-obsessed, you know, that kind of thing, all the stuff that's going on with, you know, just group texts and all they're just it's different it's, it's so different. different um so making sure that kids don't spend too much time on devices if at all you know mm-hmm. um and then also making sure that they know how to breathe and know how to return mm-hmm. to breath when they get upset about something because a lot of people don't know how to breathe adults um, don't know how adults don't know how and I think a lot of things would have been different in all of our lives had mm-hmm. somebody taught us how to breathe earlier. Um, make sure that they're playing, really running around. Like there's just nothing better for stress than running around and playing and laughing and all of that. So, I mean, for all adults as well. Uh, So yeah, so I think all of those things would, would create a much healthier gut in today's world.
0: Oh, I love that answer. That oh, was so good. Um, but I want to go back. One of my last questions today is, you know, when you're in the doctor's office, you want to be an advocate for yourself. I think so many people are afraid to ask more questions to their doctor or ask for um, a culture. I wouldn't even think to do that. You know, I just listen to the doctor. Can you give the listener a script or something that they can say that'll give them some space to advocate for themselves in that moment, in that, that microsecond of a moment?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, First of all, you have to come at it from a perspective, like I said, that you are the CEO of your body. Imagine that the doctor is somebody that you are considering partnering with, right? You're a CEO. You're thinking of hiring a consultant. What do you do? You interview the consultant. Maybe they do an audit on your business or something like that. And then you listen to their report and you take it with a grain of salt and you say like, okay, thanks. I'll be in touch if I'm considering working with you. That's exactly how it should be when you go into a doctor's office. Like mm-hmm. if, you know, obviously if you, you know, if something is said that you don't want to hear like you have cancer, you can't be like uh, I'll consider your answer, <laughs> you know, like you have to pay attention to that. But um more so when somebody is telling you what to do, they are not god. They should not be treated like God. There are a lot of doctors who have different opinions on different things, who have different knowledge bases, have different training, even within the same specialty. So um, one person's answer is not necessarily the right answer or even the right way to think about it. There could be something completely different. A lot of the stories that I've told for Welby, they go to so many doctors and each one of them says, it's a different thing or that there's a different way to treat it. So you can hear what they have to say and then just very politely say, I appreciate your perspective and I will be in touch if I'm, you know, interested to work further with you or to, you know, take your advice on this matter. Um, And you should definitely talk to more than one doctor about something. Um, And I think that you should bring in your own research. A lot of doctors are like, Oh, Dr. Google, like, you know, people bring me all this stuff. And I say, that's just because you're scared. That's mm-hmm. because you don't like to be challenged. Um, and of course, there are things on the internet that are not reputable sources that you shouldn't really be. Um, I mean, I think that people should be able to see whatever they want, honestly, and use their best judgment. But uh, there are some some places that are very conspiracy theorists, you know, they kind of prey on people who don't know anything about health um, and put really scary thoughts in their minds. So I get the doctor's resistance to, you know, that kind of research, but overall, 99% 99% of the research that exists online um, will help you become more informed about what's going on with your body. And feel free to print that out, bring that in, reference that. I mean, the more reputable the organization, the better it will hold up to a healthcare professional. Um, certainly, thing you know, if you can go to a functional or integrative MD's own website or WellBe, where we interview a lot of functional MDs and cover research, um, where you can go right to, you know, the New England Journal of Medicine's research that we've covered and print that out and explain what the study said and that this might be something that could affect what you're going through or be the same symptom, etc. So I think getting your own information is a great way to empower yourself. And I know that there's controversy on that, but that's my stance. Also making sure that, you know, like I said, you talk to other people, you just kind of set the expectation that they are a potential partner. You've Mm -hmm. not made decisions um, and that if they're saying you need to do X, Y, and Z, and they're trying to schedule you for a surgery or procedure right there in that office for the next thing, you say, no, 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 no. thank you so much. Um, Let me think this over Um, and get as much as you can as far as other opinions and research on that before you, you know, on potential side effects and get all of that before you make any sorts of decisions or agree to anything. Because um, you can go down a sort of rabbit hole of medical procedures and um, it could have been, you know, avoided in the beginning if you'd talked to somebody who said, oh no, you know, there's a different way to approach this. Or have you considered that it's really this? Um, That's really the root cause. The other thing, like I just said, that's so important to make sure that if when you are considering a partner, is that they are interested in solving the root cause of the problem? That is the number one thing you are looking for, because if someone is just saying you have IBS, okay, that means nothing. Irritable bowel syndrome. What is irritating your bowel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a made up term. Uh, even you know um, amenorrhea, what I had, loss of period. It just literally means a. In Latin you know is, is is loss of or not there Me- menorrhea is menstrual cycle, so it means nothing it doesn 't explain what 's going on right. um, so giving somebody a when a doctor gives a blanket term like that to a problem, even fibromyalgia fibromyalgia means phantom pain around the body mm. they don 't know what 's causing it, it doesn 't mean anything, so you want somebody who's not interested in just giving you a, You know, a a blanket term diagnosis and saying, okay, this is the drug we use for fibromyalgia. No. You want somebody who's going to say, why are you having pain throughout your body? Let's connect these other symptoms that you have, because I'm sure there's more than just pain usually, and these life experiences and try to piece together and use cutting edge testing and all of that to Mm -hmm. see what is under all of this what is causing this what is the food you know what what is the gut what what is all of this and put together a program for you that helps your body actually heal itself by mm-hmm. taking out the wrong inputs and putting in the right ones through food through you know, accessing the power of the mind, which we know is super powerful, um, through you know elimination of toxins in your water, in your products, in your in your air, all that stuff, um, hugely powerful for the body to then kind of uh, free itself of its toxic burden and begin to heal properly. So that's really what you're looking for. That's the most important thing: is the root cause, um, and then not rushing into anything, making sure that for, for chronic health issues, you're really considering all the possibilities before agreeing to do anything. Um again, this is not an emergency. If you right. cut your arm off, not talking about a broken arm here. <laughs> totally, or get hit by a car, like you right. might have to be rushed into emergency surgery. And that's exactly what the conventional healthcare system is for and where it shines. Like right. the stuff that can be done is so incredible. Um, but but it doesn't really apply or work for chronic health issues. And that's where I think we've gone awry, is that we were so enamored with what we what could be done with conventional modern western medicine whatever you want to call it that we started to use it for for all these other things exactly. um but it's really not yeah it's, it's not effective in that way mm-hmm. um so for healing right for 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 saving your life it's very effective um so yeah so those would be a couple of the couple of things i would recommend um you speak to uh, a doctor about and um and then, you know, you can see very, very fast if somebody is not really the kind of partner that you want, you're looking for somebody who has more of this functional medicine training or um, integrative medicine training usually.
0: Yeah, I would imagine you'd get a pretty clear picture of your doctor by their response to to you saying something like that almost immediately.
1: Yeah, I think you would. And they might, you know, be a little defensive and try to make it sound like they are looking for the root cause by you know, treating you for fibromyalgia or something. And you could very clearly see, I think at that point, no, no, you're not (laughs) like, there's only one way to, to, to talk about this. And, and you're not really giving me what I need here. Um, but always be polite. I mean, people, a lot of the times it's not that doctors are bad people. It's that doctors don't have the training Mm -hmm. required to think holistically and connect the dots between the, the different systems in the body. Um, they have you know a couple hours of optional nutrition training over four years of medical school, so it 's no wonder that they're not really equipped to be um, you know solving a lot of chronic health issues, which many of which come from food issues right, right. so if they don 't understand nutrition and not just that can be healed by food, mm-hmm. so if they don 't understand nutrition it's very, very hard for them to, I think, deal with a lot of chronic health stuff. So it's better to just get out of the situation by being, you know, giving them the deference that they want and being yeah. polite and whatever. And just in the back of your mind knowing this, this is not sense. a partner for me.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love this conversation so much, Adrian. Thank you. Where can our listener find more about you? Give us all the all the insights on that.
1: Welby is the company, but Get GetWellBe is actually all of our social media channels, the website, so getwellbe.com. Um, and then we also have a podcast. So it's called the Wellby podcast, which is just the audio version of a lot of my interviews that are on, you know, YouTube and the, the website. So that's where you can find me. I think the best ways to interact with me are on Instagram at get but also our weekly newsletter because that's where all of our newest original content comes out once a week. Um and I share a lot of personal things and any sorts of like special offers or new announcements there. Um, So yeah, those would be the two best places. And thank you so much for having me. I thought this was, was terrific today.
0: Oh, thank you so much. You've been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, please share it out on your social media, Instagram stories, and tag us at Motherhood Unstressed so we can share it back out and keep the conversation going on these important topics. Also, make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss out on an interview with an amazing guest or our weekly guided meditations every Wednesday. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. This is my line of organic USA grown hemp that was specifically designed to help you the listener battle stress and anxiety naturally and what cbd does is it helps your body's own endocannabinoid system function better so you're sleeping better you're experiencing less stress and anxiety and you're able to get everything done with an overall feeling of security of groundedness of calm so if you would like that in your life head on over to motherhoodunstressed.com click the shop tab and use the code podcast to save